Sometimes my brain gets real starved. Ah, yes, his head's been ripped off. I'll get you another. I wonder if I could respectfully ask the gentleman to get into the spirit of the proceedings here. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then, hello, welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you back for another episode. How you doing? That seemed necessary. I don't know why. Sometimes a good how you doing seems to be a good way to start the day. Hope you're doing well. We've got more stories today. When I first started, a, when I first started thinking about doing the podcast. It was based on a lot of the stories that I wound up telling during my Twitch stream. And a lot of those stories are of the genre, well, when I was a boy. And today's story time is kind of along those lines, even more so than others. When I was a boy, this is about after school. And I got to thinking about this because I've seen stories about... um, you know, nannies and after-school care and how important it is. And it truly is. And don't get me wrong. I've raised kids and I know how important after-school care is, taking care of kids is. Uh, I've raised um, kids that have grown up to be like actual grown-up people. They survive. So I must have done something right. Um, But I know how much care is involved and I I know how necessary it is to take care of your kids. But it was so different when I was a kid. When I was a kid, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was home all of the time. She did start working as a substitute teacher when I was in about the eighth grade, and that's because she went to college and got an education degree and was a teacher until she got married. Then when she got married, she stayed home, and part of her quote-unquote job was to take care of the kids and take care of the house. She was the typical stay-at-home mom housewife. That's what I grew up with. But when I was a kid, it was rare to have a mom who worked. Most of the moms in my neighborhood were stay-at-home moms. They were the quote-unquote typical housewives from the 50s and 60s and 70s. You know, the Brady Bunch, uh, the Brady Bunch model where the father worked and the mother stayed home. And that's what I grew up with. We had a couple of moms who did work, but both of the moms that I knew worked in the schools. So when the school day was over, they were home within an hour after the end of the school day. So by and large, Most of the moms, when I grew up, were at home. So the kids had the moms to go home to. But it wasn't a supervised mom is hovering over you and watching everything you did. You just had mom at home to take care of things in case, you know, you were playing with matches and set the house on fire. Uh, They were there for that or to prevent that, actually. But what we have now is very different. I mean, the point is, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for most of my early life. She'd see us off in the morning when we'd go off to school. She'd make sure we had our lunch and our backpacks and our book bags and whatever else we had to carry. And then she'd be at home at the end of the day. And then when we got home, we didn't have, you know, any organized activities. We didn't have meetings to go to. When we got home, we did one of essentially three things. We would watch television. We would go outside and play. Or we'd go over to a friend's house and play. We didn't have things like play dates. We would just go over to Vinny's house and play. So those were the three options that we had. There wasn't an after-school program that I knew of or that any of my friends knew of because every kid got on the bus at the end of the day and went home. 
the moms across the street were there, the moms next door on both sides were there, and my mom was home. So it was I was unaware of any kids who didn't go home at the end of the school day. And I knew that all the neighborhoods around us had the same thing because the buses were packed and the kids all went home and the moms were all at the doorstep when the kids got home. So then when you got home, your options were those three things. The television was one of the easiest options because you'd walk home, turn on the TV, have your afternoon snack. And yes, we always had an afternoon snack uh, because, you know, you had a long, hard day at work or at school is the case maybe. And uh, we had to have our snacks. So we would sit down and television in the afternoons back when I was growing up, you had an interesting selection of choices. You would watch Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's where I fell in love with Bugs Bunny. Now, the Bugs Bunny cartoons that they played when I was a kid were the cartoons that they used to play in the theaters back in the 40s and the 50s when they would use uh, when they would run cartoons before the main features. And yes, back in the olden days, that's where cartoons were. That's why when you look at the original Bugs Bunny cartoons, they weren't on TV. They were for movies and they were to entertain adults. So there's a lot of adult humor and adult references and double entendres in those early cartoons that as a kid watching them when I was growing up, they were lost on me. But as I look back on them now, I go, oh, I get that. But anyway, Bugs Bunny was syndicated in the afternoons. And as I've said in other episodes, we had six channels to choose from. And one of the channels ran syndicated shows like the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Or we would see Lost in Space. Oh, I remember Lost in Space was in syndication. If you've ever seen that show, looking back now, that is one of the dumbest space sci-fi shows I have ever seen seen in my life. But boy, when I was a kid, we ate that up. Oh, lost in space and they're in space and there's a robot in danger, Will Robinson and evil Dr. Smith. And it was so dumb, but we loved it. So we had lost in space. And then of course, the Brady Bunch was on and that was your perfect blended family of the divorced mom and the divorced dad and the kids together. And oh, we watched that forever. That was, and it's still on. You can watch Brady Bunch We'll probably have Brady Bunch for the next 100 years until they invent some other medium, and you'll find it there too, I'm sure. But Brady Bunch was always on. So those are the kind of things we'd watch. We'd watch Bugs Bunny cartoons. We'd watch old syndicated TV shows. The other things that were on were game shows. Oh, Match Game, Tattle Tales. I'm trying to think of some of the others that were on. There were not a lot on the afternoons because I learned from staying home, uh, staying home from school sick, you could find... Um, you know, The Price is Right and Concentration. And this is back when Jeopardy was on during the day. So all the good game shows were on during the middle of the day. But at the end of the day, they put on Match Game. They did put on this weird little game called Tattletales, which you can see uh, on Buzzard Channel if you happen to have cable or if you happen to have access to that channel. You can look at the old game shows that we used to watch. But yeah, those were the things that entertained us after school. And the other thing that, that they would have on was the afternoon movie. One of the networks would run the, after the I forget if they called it the PM movie or the afternoon movie, but it was an afternoon movie, some old, old movie that they would put on from four to six to fill the time so you could watch some old musical like Singing in the Rain uh, or Oklahoma or whatever movie they decided to put on in that slot. And uh, my mom would often watch one of those movies. So there was entertainment on the tube if we wanted it. If we were not staying home to watch cartoons... If mom's directive was, go outside and play, which was often the case because she didn't want us running around in the house all day because she knew she'd be stuck with us all night, we would go outside and play. Now, we didn't have a lot of space on my property. We lived on a 
on a wooded lot. So there was woods all around and there was not a lot of places you could play on our property, but you could play a lot of hide and seek. But if you wanted to uh, play like kickball or football or baseball or tag or poison ball or all the other games that we came up with, there was one kid in the neighborhood who had a big yard and that's the kid's yard we would gravitate to. And all of the kids knew the routine. We would get sent out of the house. I really do think the moms had some kind of phone conference before the kids got home from school. And they'd say, okay, send the kids out today because I don't want to deal with them. I've up to my ears with this. Send your kids out so they can all go play kickball. Because we would all be outside at the same time. And we'd all be playing kickball or whatever sport there was. Or we'd be playing hide and seek in my woods. Or we'd take our bikes for rides around the neighborhood and race around between the three or four houses where all the kids were about the same age and all the kids played together because the kids, because the moms made their kids play together so the moms could have a little bit of a break before they were stuck with us all night. So we would play the sports in the big yard across the street. Or if it was too cold or too cloudy or too rainy, we'd play inside at one of the friend's houses. And again, that's why I think there was this phone system that I was unaware of at the time, but I'm sure that the moms would say to each other, all right, you take the kids today, I've got them tomorrow. And that's where we would play our board games. We'd set up Monopoly or any of the card games I've already talked about in, in my, uh, my uh, episode on games. Uh, but whatever the game was, we'd wind up in somebody's basement for that afternoon. And we would play until it was time to go home for dinner. If we were outside, it was very easy because one of the parents uh, from each of the houses would holler from the front porch, dinner time, and we'd all go scrambling to our respective homes for dinner because everybody generally had dinner at about the same time, and that was usually about 6 o'clock. But between the time we got home from school, which was usually about 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we had to keep ourselves busy. And we were on our own to do this. There wasn't anything scheduled. There weren't play dates. I mean, these days there are play dates, and I know why. But back when I was a kid, you went outside. If someone was around, you played with them. If they weren't around, you played on your own. You played with your brother or your sister or the kids that were there. But there wasn't anything organized. It wasn't like, okay, at, uh, let's see, 4 o'clock uh, we'll meet for kickball, and 5 o'clock we'll head over for a game of Monopoly, and then it'll be dinner time. It wasn't like that. You'd have your snack, you'd go outside, and you'd play whatever people wanted to play. If it was kickball, we'd go grab the ball and we'd play kickball. If it was tag, we'd run over to our yard and play in the woods. But it wasn't an organized thing. And that, when I became a parent, was one of the weirdest things, partly because I was a nervous parent. And really, what parent isn't nervous when you have your first kids? It's like, they're going to break. What's going to happen to them? I got to keep an eye on them. That's where you get the term helicopter parent. You're hovering over your kids all of the time. I got better as I got older. But my parents were fearless. They sent us outside and boom, go, have fun, go play. And I guess that's because that's how it was for them. Because they would go outside and entertain themselves. They had chores to do. They would do their chores. And we had chores too, don't get me wrong, but we did those on the weekend. But after school was generally our time to play with our friends after school. We didn't have organized activities, not like today. We didn't have, okay, judo, and then karate, and then band practice, and then cheerleading, and we've got to squeeze in time for soccer practice, and then it'll be dinner time. It wasn't like that. There was after-school activities. If you were in an after-school sport, or in my case, in band, 
and there was an after-school practice, you would stay till four o'clock, but then it was over and at four o'clock, you'd catch the four o'clock bus and you'd be home by 4.30. And then you'd have an hour and a half to play instead of three hours to play. But again, you'd go out on your own and entertain yourself. These days, the kids are overloaded so much with activities that you don't have time to go out and play, not like we did. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the reason that I'm telling this story is because it's so different these days and it's not gotten better. It's just different now. And I understand it, but it's just a very different world. When I was a kid, there was a lot more freedom to go be a kid, you know, but that was our after school schedule all the way up until dinner time. And then of course, there was dinner preparation. And depending on what we were doing and depending on where we were playing, we would often participate in preparing dinner. Mom would always cook the dinner. That was mom's role as part of being the stay-at-home mom, is she would have dinner ready, whether it was hamburgers or chicken or meatloaf or whatever it was, mom would be getting it ready. And as we got older, she would have us help her. It wasn't an option. Would you like to help? It was come and help me because that was part of being a member of the family. You learned to contribute to the family. And part of our contribution was helping make dinner, whether it was making the hamburgers. And this is where I always learned to wash my hands before you handle food because mom would say, did you wash your hands? Go wash your hands. Nobody wants to eat burgers that you've made with your dirty hands. Go wash your hands. Same with making the lettuce, making the lettuce, <laughs> making the salad. Yes, I would make lettuce. It was quite a process in the kitchen. No, we made salad. We would have the head of iceberg. And that's the only lettuce we had, by the way. It amuses me so much because we go into the store and you have every kind of green leafy vegetable you could imagine. Romaine and arugula and Boston leaf and red leaf. And we had iceberg. <laughs> And that was our salad. We would get a head of iceberg lettuce. Mom would show us, don't cut it, tear it. I don't know why, but that was mom's way of making a salad. I guess cutting it helps the flavor leak out more quickly. I don't know. But the secret to a salad was torn lettuce, not cut lettuce. So we, was t we always tore the lettuce and then we would slice the tomatoes because we always had tomatoes. Dad liked tomatoes, so we all liked tomatoes. And that's how we would help prepare for dinner. And then there was always the process of setting the table. And we actually had a little chart that my dad had made up. Whose day was what day? You have Monday, your sister has Tuesday, your brother has Wednesday, and then we rotate. So we had our chart for setting the table and clearing the table. And that was all part of the pre-dinner process. We always had dinner after six, not much after six. It wasn't exact time of six o'clock. It wasn't a set time, but it was a neighborhood about six o'clock. My dad always got home at 5.30. I remember to this day, he would drive up the driveway between 5.30 and 5.35 every day, needed that half hour to cool down, and then six o'clock or thereabouts dinner time. And dinner was always about an hour. We were always done by seven o'clock because dad needed to see the news. So he would sit down after dinner in his chair with his newspaper and the news on, and that was dad time. So that was part of the after-school routine too, getting ready for the dinner, uh, making sure that the table was set, making sure we, all, we were all ready for when dad got home and the, then the evening would start. The other thing that was part of the after-school process was dessert. Now, this was one of my favorite aspects of the after-school process because we got to help make dessert. Mom would bake and she baked a lot. And as I have said before, the baking was good. And we always got to lick the beaters or 
the mixing bowl after the cookies were made or after the cake was made or after the pudding was made. Somebody always got the spoons, somebody always got the beaters, and somebody always got the bowl, and that would rotate amongst me and my siblings. But making dessert was one of my favorite parts of the after-school process because, ooh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh, my mom could make a good chocolate chip cookie. And that was part of the process because you got to taste the the chocolate chip cookie dough. That's where I discovered my love for cookie dough. I think that's where everybody discovered it when mom was making cookies. Well, nowadays people discover it by buying a tub of chocolate chip cookie dough at the store. But when I was a kid, that was the scratch recipe that mom would use. She would either use the recipe on the bag of the chocolate chips or one of my grandmother's handwritten recipes on those little three by five cards in the little recipe box that every family has. You have one, right? If you don't think you have one, you do. Go look around. Mom has a recipe box or grandma has a recipe box somewhere with all of the old recipes in them. And that's where you get some of the best recipes all made with the good stuff like butter, lard. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a thing called lard. If you've never heard of it, Lard is a fat that you fry things in, and that's in some of those old recipe boxes. And I have some of those some of those old recipes. I should do an episode just on the recipes that we have, put them up. There are some interesting things they used to put in food. But we didn't put lard in the chocolate chip cookies. We used real butter. We used real chocolate in the chocolate cake. I mean, it was baker's sweet chocolate or baker's semi-sweet chocolate. Or baker's chocolate. By the way, the first time I ever bit into a piece of unsweetened chocolate while baking, I thought my head would explode. I didn't realize you had to sweeten chocolate to make it taste the way it does. But when you use unsweetened chocolate in a recipe, you put enough sugar in to cancel that out so that it actually tastes like chocolate the way we like it. Unsweetened chocolate? No, no good. I do not recommend it. But I learned that as part of the after-school preparation of dinner slash dessert process. And that's where I learned to cook. And that's where I learned to bake. My dad taught me some of the baking. My mom taught me some of the baking. And my mom taught me how to cook. And it's not really hard if you sit down and take the time and do it. It can be scary because, ooh, what are all these ingredients that I have to put together and create a meal out of? But once you do it a few times, it becomes second nature. And it was something that I learned as part of my after school education, part of the process. And it's something that I use to this day. And that's why I I have always tried to include my kids in the dinner preparation routine so that they know how to take care of themselves beyond boiling some water and throwing a hot dog in or putting an Eggo in the toaster. You can actually make chicken and make meatloaf and make spaghetti sauce on your own without any real heavy lifting as long as you take your time and do it slowly and carefully and create a meal. It's not that hard. And I learned that as part of the after-school process. One of the things that we didn't have when I was a kid is nannies. And I mention this only in passing because I know a lot of people do have nannies these days. We didn't know what a nanny was. I mean, aside from Mary Poppins, that was the only nanny we knew. There was no such thing. We didn't even have after-school programs, let alone nannies. We had mom, and sometimes the neighbor mom, if mom was away at the store or had to go somewhere, we would stay with the neighbor mom while my mom was away, or we would trade off and we would take care of the kids next door while their mom was away. That's what we did. That was the neighborhood thing. Nannies were not a thing, and I didn't know anything about nannies except that they could fly with umbrellas. That was it. So it's it's a very different world that I grew up with 
than what exists today. But one of the reasons that I tell that story is because kids these days don't realize how different the world was back when their parents were small. And I know that a lot of parents who are my age and even younger than me had similar experiences, stay-at-home moms and kids in the neighborhood, and that was life. That was the way it was. So I kind of want to get that story out there just to show that the world has changed a lot and to show what's different, why your parents are a little crazy sometimes, (laughs) because they were on their own when they were kids. Boy, there's stuff that I learned on my own that I would never have learned at an after-school program. But that's probably best saved as the topic for yet another Storytime episode. For now, we'll just leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. It's always great to have you. I do appreciate the support. If you do have comments, please be sure to message me on Twitter at ReallyGamerDude. If you're in the Discord, you can comment there as well. If you have any stories you'd like me to tell or topics you'd like me to address, you can shoot me a message about those as well. In the meantime, I'll just keep telling my stories. Guys, thanks for being here. And until I see you again, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.